Hey, this is Seth Rose, host of Beyond Sunday. I want to thank you for listening to the podcast. I hope it gives you some inspiration as you're moving throughout your week. And I hope that you can see that God is really moving in your life. Enjoy the show. Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Beyond Sunday. I am your host, Seth Rose. And I hope that you are having a wonderful Tuesday or maybe it's Wednesday or Thursday, depending on when you have decided to listen to this message. It may be some other day, but of course we release this, uh, this each new episode on Tuesdays. So uh, whatever day it is for you listening to this, I hope that you are having a fantastic day and a fantastic week. I am so excited to be with y'all again and I am so excited about this month and about this topic that we are going to be getting into uh, not only today but the first uh, or, or I'm sorry for the next few episodes so um, if you have missed the last couple of episodes um, you might have missed where I've prefaced what we will be talking about for the next few weeks and that is relationships more specifically of the romantic variety you know we're talking about uh significant others boyfriends girlfriends marriages we'll we'll spend a lot of time in marriages um but i am so excited to get into this um i talked about a, a little bit last week um, why I wanted to get into this in February now being the time. I know a lot of us are, th- this is a topic on our minds because a lot of people, um, celebrate Valentine's day and they plan for, you know, special outings with their significant other, their spouses, um, have special dates planned. Uh, you may be listening to this and, and, maybe you're, you're going to propose to your soon to be uh, who you hope is going to be your spouse or you're hoping to be proposed to it, it, we know it's often cliche that, that that it would happen during this time of the year but uh, cliche or not it does happen a lot because it's it's something that's fresh in our minds however this is the most important aspect i think of most of all of our lives are the relationships that we have with the opposite sex and specifically there are our partners in that you know a lot of times those relationships drive our mood and it drives our vision for the future it drives uh, our values and because we may value something one way individually and then with the influence of our partner maybe those values change a little bit. And so it really shapes a lot of our lives and and, and a huge chunk of our lives. And unfortunately, with the society that we're in and the the pressures all around us and, and the things that we're taught, you know, either through social media or what's, you know, popular in in culture and and what we take in in terms of music and television and movies and everywhere that we we interact and and try to get away from 
the everyday life and work, and work, family, uh, so on and so forth. It, uh, there's a lot of outside influence into how we see relationships. And oftentimes because of that, we get things wrong. And you see a lot of people, they're oftentimes depressed. They are stressed. They're full of anxiety. They are sad, <clears throat> angry, upset, you name it. Um, there's, and a lot of it, you know, those different emotions, those negative emotions are tied to and derived from maybe our experiences and our relationships with the opposite sex and our partners. And so I really think that it is so important that we spend a few weeks in this space and really talk about it because I think that chances are that most people that uh, you, the listener, you've either experienced it yourself, you're currently experiencing it, or you know someone else that that does experience these these negative traits, uh, depending on your experience with these relationships. So we're going to talk about it. Uh, unfortunately, I, I really wanted Rachel to be uh, on this on some of these episodes and I'm sure you may be listening to this and going, wouldn't you think that he, you know, he would have his wife on here and I couldn't agree more. I would love, and I'm excited for the day when Rachel was able to join. Now, if you're asking the question, a few of you may already know, but uh, most of you may not. Uh, Rachel had gotten sick, um, back in gosh, uh, before Christmas and, through the process of that lost her voice. And I'm, when I say lost her voice, I'm talking, she was, she was whispering and whispering even, even still, like it was, it was hard to, to hear, her, understand her. And to say that we had some communication issues or some miscommunications would be quite the understatement. And it has been frustrating for her, frustrating for myself, um, definitely. I, I can't, I know that she has been so frustrated. So that's, she's finally on the mend. Uh, she finally was able to see a doctor. They gave her something that, that would, uh, help her with getting her voice back. And I, I'm happy to say that she now not only has a whisper and a squeak, uh, coming out, you can actually, uh, uh, hear her a little bit. Of course, uh, I, I, her voice is still bothering her a little bit. It's, uh, it's, you know, her vo vocal cords are strengthening a little bit. So she's not going to uh, be on this particular episode. However, I do strongly envision and, and think that she will be joining us in this discussion of relationships and marriage um, next week, starting next week. So I, I'm so excited for y'all to be able to listen to her and learn from her because man, she, she is such an, uh, amazing, intelligent woman that has so much insight and, uh, it just can bring, uh, a, a different perspective that, you know, like anybody else can bring, you know, there's people that can bring different perspectives that, that, you know, someone else cannot bring. But I'm excited for her to bring uh, such a fresh perspective from a woman's po point of view in the into this discussion. And so 
I'm excited for that. But that would explain why you have not heard Rachel on this show yet. And oftentimes I'm just referencing her. So if that, if you've been confused about that, hopefully that, that clears that, um, that confusion up. So without further ado, um, and since Rachel is not able to join us this week, I want to actually discuss what I think is the foundation that we have to get right, uh, going into any relationship. And so I think that it is really, really important that we touch on this and we touch on this idea first. And that is the importance of singleness. The importance of singleness. Because I think that there are so many people out there that are so... They just have this strong desire to be in a relationship with someone. And granted, I I get it. I understand it. Um, There are so many, there's so many cool and exciting aspects to a relationship. You know, there's, I mean, of course, in that honeymoon phase, when you're new to knowing someone, it's so exciting and fresh to learn something new about someone and and if there's someone of interest to you, you, you take this interest in them. And when you start learning about them and all of their unique experiences and what their goals are, what their vision is for their life, like it, it is so um, like awesome of an experience uh, to learn that about someone. I, I know that I've experienced that and, and I still remember back to when me and Rachel met just how how awesome it is that, you know, to learn every little new thing about her. And even still, here we are 12 and a half years later after, after meeting and, uh, and you know, we're coming up on our 12 year anniversary this month. And, uh, I, I still am learning new things about her and, and it's so exciting to me. Uh, I probably get more excited about it now than I did then. Um, because of course, after 12 years of living together and, and sharing life together, we, you know, having, having children together, you're not every single thing and every single interaction every day. Am I learning something new? So now when I, when I learn something new, like it is, it's, it's awesome. I, I, and I get so excited. And so I think that that's one aspect that we really enjoy about a relationship the other aspect is, is we really get excited that someone else takes an interest in us and values us and values our opinions and values our experiences. In fact, I think that that is what drives us to get into these relationships so, so much, so quickly, like why we really want to quickly meet someone and marry someone and have a, and start a family is because we found someone that values us, values us enough to enter into a partnership like that. However, the problem with that is if that's what is, that's what's driving you is that someone else is valuing you. Then I would ask the question is, how do you value yourself? 
And that oftentimes is when you peel back the, the layers of, of people and individuals, you'll start to kind of realize that people oftentimes do not value themselves very highly at all. They certainly don't value themselves the way that God values them. I know we, we've talked about, you know, everything that we do on the show is biblically based and I try to tie everything back to the Bible. And in previous episodes, we've talked about the importance of identity and understanding your relationship with God and understanding how God sees you and values you. And so I think, honestly, that is number one. We have to get our identities rooted in Jesus and in God and, and our creator. Because with that, when we, when we understand that we were made in the image and likeness of God, and we understand just like his, his word has told us, hey, we are his masterpiece. Do we, do we then, like once we've understood that, only then is, is it appropriate to maybe start entering into another relationship and bringing that value into that, that relationship, that partnership. Unfortunately, life is, is life and, and people are not perfect. And, and that means that our, our parents are not perfect. Our grandparents aren't perfect. Our friends aren't perfect. And all of these people, their outside influences and, and most often, those outside influences have direct, direct correlations and impacts into our lives. And those direct impacts, they oftentimes shape our identity and, and how we see ourselves and value ourselves. So I want to start there because oftentimes, you know, growing up, you know, when, when you're growing up, depending on your relationship with your parents and your relationship with with your grandparents, with your friends, um, and the experiences that you've had is, is going to shape and impact how you, how you see yourself and value yourself rather than starting at the very beginning. So if you've the, I'm sorry, the very beginning with, with how God sees you. So, um, unfortunately for a lot of us, we didn't grow we didn't grow up with our parents or our grandparents or anybody taking us to church or teaching us these principles. So you've went through, it could be all the way up into your teen years. It could be into somewhere wherever you find yourself into your adult years before you've ever had the word of God introduced into your life. So of course you have a much different identity. And if that's you listening to this, I want to start there. I want to start in the word. So I know we've, we've covered some of this topic before and we've talked about, you know, the, the very beginnings in Genesis and Genesis chapter one and Genesis chapter two. And we talked about all the things that God created. So in Genesis chapter one, it talks about how God went about creating the earth. You know, he created the the forest that we see, the oceans that we see. He created the land. He created the animals. He created the sky. And and then it talks about on, on the sixth day that he created human beings. And and I'm just kind of paraphrasing and, and going through it. Um, 
for those that's not really familiar with it and, and maybe you've never read it, I challenge you, just start at the very first page of your Bible and you could talk and, and read and see exactly how God created earth. And then his his progress or his I'm sorry, his progression down into creating what ultimately he has deemed his masterpiece, which is human beings. Of all the things he created, he, he's considered us his masterpiece. Then it starts getting into a little bit further detail and, and plans that he had for, for those humans that he created. And that's in Genesis chapter 2. And it starts talking about how he had created the Garden of Eden with plants and trees. And he placed animals in there. And eventually it starts, it, you know, it talks about, and I'm going to start in cha uh, chapter 2, Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. It says, the Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. And then that's where God warned him, you may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. So that's that's the first thing was he had created this, this human who happened to be Adam and he had had a relationship with him. That was his desire. Here's here's my, we have a relationship. I can talk to you. You could talk to me freely. Um, I've created this. And here's resources that's going to keep you alive. And then he put parameters or boundaries on that relationship. So that's the very first relationship that Adam ever would have known is with God. And I'm going to stay on that topic for a minute, but I want to finish it out and go to verse 18 real quick and I'll tie it all together. So in verse 18, right after he had given the parameters and the boundaries for the relationship, it says that then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. So, the importance of this passage, all right? First and foremost, Adam is by himself. He is by himself and he does have a relationship. He has a relationship with God. And God's given him all these rules and we and we established that he had set these boundaries. And oftentimes we are going about life and we are entering in, into relationships with without ever having that first vital relationship, which is with God himself. And with God himself and in that relationship, the very first thing that he taught Adam was the importance of boundaries and limitations. Because that's the first thing he did. He set him in the, in the garden and he set a boundary. And oftentimes... That's one of the first things that we get wrong in a relationship is that we don't have healthy boundaries. I've shared with it before. I, you know, touched on it at least a, a little bit, but I, I had been married previously. And as, as, a, as a marriage that did not work, um, I, I will tell you, we at least, we tried counseling. And, and the counselor talked about the importance of boundaries and setting boundaries. Uh, Rachel and I, 
as you can imagine, after 12 years together, we're both military. We've definitely spent some times uh, apart, which is hard and straining on a relationship. And kids only add some stress to uh, stressful situations to that relationship. As much as we love one another and, and enjoy each other's company, it's been hard. We have definitely been through some stressful and hard stuff. And with that, we went to a counselor because we knew there were some things that needed fixed that we just kind of decided to ignore or thought that we could fix ourselves. However you want to look at that. But we had went been to a counselor and guess what they had talked about? Boundaries. The importance of having healthy boundaries. You talk to most counselors or maybe it's a couple that, that you know that's been to a counselor. I can just about guarantee you that is something that has been brought up or something that lacks in a relationship, which is the importance of having boundaries and, and healthy boundaries. And why is that important? Well, I mean, it's a, it's a set of rules. It's a, it's a set of, you're going to value me in the correct way. You're going to value me in the correct way. However, here's the thing that gets us in trouble. How are we to know how we are to be valued how do we express or explain to someone else how we're to be valued correctly if we don't really have a basis for how we're supposed to be valued in the first place? I mean, that when you think about it, it's, it's a catch-22, right? If, if you don't have a relationship with your creator who has created you in his image and likeness, so you're like him, and you are considered his masterpiece. He's created you for a specific purpose here on this earth. But you don't know what that is. And you don't understand what love really is. Because God's the creator of love. Then how are you to determine what your level of value and worth is. And then have the audacity to bring that into a relationship. And ask someone else to meet your needs. Ah, see, I, 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 I can already tell that there are, the wheels are turning and, and it's one of those things you didn't even think about. I'll be honest. I didn't think about it either. I mean, I'll, I'll be bold enough to say that's, I think a lot of the problems, if it, it, probably the single most, the, the single point of failure for sure of my first marriage and, and, you know, in prepping for this and kind of talking through this, you know, I, I've done a lot of self-reflection, obviously with, with any kind of a failed marriage or failed relationship, there's a lot of self-reflection. Let's be honest. You sit there and you, and you think about it and you're, and, and you think, well, what, what could I have done differently? What did I do wrong? Um, all these different things. And there's probably, there's a lot of pointer point pointing the finger at the other initially or for a while especially but at some point uh, with a little bit of maturity and growth um, you start to reflect and look internally and you think well what, what did what did I get wrong and I will tell you I, I've done that with my relationship I know Rachel you know Rachel had um, a, a, a marriage that didn't work out the first time before we met and I know she's had the same kind of reflections and her and I have talked about it. I'll be honest. We learned a lot and, and 
we were able to apply the lessons learned from those failed relationships into our marriage. And I think that I'll get, I'll get to this in a minute, but I do think that that's, that's kind of the basis and what uh, formed our boundaries uh, a little bit uh, initially in, into our marriage. But in, in, what did I get wrong in my marriage and what, like I, you know, Rachel can speak more on it if she wants next week, but I know I talked to her about it. And one thing that we both agreed on is that our first marriages, we went into it having an incorrect identity. We had all these experiences growing up, um, with different things that shaped us and influenced us into our adult years that we didn't have a, a, a correct identity. We weren't rooted in that identity was not rooted in Christ. And because it wasn't rooted in Christ, we also didn't value ourselves. We had, we had people telling us what, what we were, what we weren't, um, what was special about us, what wasn't special about us, what, what others may have been more special at, which then, you know, forces us or, I wouldn't say forces us, but it influences us to think of ourselves differently. And then we enter into this partnership and this relationship. And then that person may reinforce these things that we've learned. I know I certainly experienced that. I think Rachel's, you know, when we talked, she experienced that. And then we're with someone who is, doesn't value us like our God values us because we didn't do that in the first place ourselves. That's just a recipe for disaster. I mean, truth be told, I, I had no business. I, I shouldn't have a failed uh, marriage at all because I shouldn't have even entered. I had no business entering into the first marriage that I entered into. Uh, I didn't specifically ask Rachel that question. Um, so in, in, this, in that light, I, I would say that, that she would probably agree with that same sentiment that she probably had no business going into that first marriage. Um, now would I say that I regret it? Uh, no, I, I, I don't regret it because it, it's still a lot of lessons learned. Um, God grew me through it. He, he taught me important lessons that fortunately I was able to carry into, to this relationship. But, but I do wish that I would have been rooted in, in my identity, my identity would have been rooted in Christ first. And then I would have been able to learn how to love myself correctly. Um, and I don't say that in a prideful ego way. Um, what I mean by that is, is that Jesus even told us, I mean, we get the golden rule from this, right? Um, treat others how you, how you like to be treated. But really what the Bible says is that uh, love your love your neighbor like, um, love and treat your neighbor like you do yourself. However, we say that, but yet we wonder why we have so many issues in our society with people disrespecting each other and the way that other people just, just are nasty to one another. Well, the, the, the reality of the situation is, is that we oftentimes are, we treat ourselves that way. If you were to ask most people, you know, what their weaknesses are, they can spout off a whole list of all of these um, 
weaknesses that that they have and things that they wish that they were better at things that they, that maybe they've seen someone else have that they don't have i mean there, there's they could go on and on and on but ask them what their strengths are ask them ask someone what they what they love about themselves and that list gets really short if they even say anything at all that i would have the challenge for you what do you love about yourself you know what do you bring to the table that is so special that 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 you that you think is just amazing and that you love about yourself and if that list is short i would challenge you to really do a deep dive and you really need to get connected with your creator and really understand how God sees you. Because the problem is, is that if you cannot see yourself for how God sees yourself, you cannot love yourself correctly. And if you do not love yourself correctly, you most definitely cannot love someone else correctly. And therefore you are not ready for a relationship. And so that's, all of this is, is what I mean by the importance of being single. It's, it's, that's the basic foundation. You have to learn how to love yourself and understand the boundaries that, that God has for you and, and all the different parameters that he has according to the purpose for which he's created you for. And if you don't understand that, then you cannot properly enter into a relationship in the right context and be everything that that person is seeking in a partner. And because if you, if you're supposed to love your neighbor, how you love yourself, I mean, now you could say a neighbor is just any kind of acquaintance and you're, and you're absolutely correct. However, before your partner becomes your spouse because understand when when you when you enter into a marriage the bible clearly tells us that two become one you become one flesh and and one entity but prior to that prior to entering into a marriage that that covenant that promise to always be together you were neighbors you were absolutely neighbors and so if you don't love yourself and you treat your own self like crap, then chances that most likely are that you are going to enter into that relationship and you are going to love that person the exact same way that, that, that you love yourself and you are going to not value them in the correct way like you don't value yourself in the correct way. Now, I know that's a, that's a hard pill to swallow, but the Bible just it reinforces it. And the Bible being God's word and God being the one that created us. So only then, only then when you, when you get that very first most basic foundational relationship right with your creator, are you then ready for the partner? And that goes right into that second part of that scripture we read. Going into... Going back to Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. 
and oftentimes I, you know, it's kind of interesting to read the, the verbiage put that way. The God cr- made a helper. He created a helper for that person. How many of y'all, there's so many people that are in relationships where they're with someone that doesn't help them at all. That's some of the biggest gripes and moans that you will hear from. Doesn't matter the sex that, you know, he or she doesn't help. Doesn't help with the kids. Doesn't help around the house. Doesn't help with finances. Doesn't help with every, you know, everyday things. Doesn't help, you know, help me even emotionally. And either they're failing in all facets or they're failing in some of them or, you know, whatever is, is, is really important. And then oftentimes with that, we, we tie that into, to happiness. Well, I'm just not happy anymore. Well, the, the, the funny thing with that is, is that you are relying on someone else to bring you joy and happiness. But the problem is, is that you, your partner's job is not to make you happy. Sure. They, they help fulfill your life, but, but their job is to be a helper. That, that is their foundational uh, responsibility. Once you enter into, to that marriage, for sure. Uh, once you enter into that relationship, their job is just to be your helper. They, they, they add to your life. They, they add a little bit of relief to your life. So what, what, what do you take from all of this? Well, first and foremost is that you, you have to create your own happiness your own joy. And the only way that you get that is to be connected to your creator. That's the only way that you get that. And then once you have that connected, that connectedness with your creator, then you can start looking for a helper, which God will introduce. I I, I can promise you that God will introduce and you will know when that person's right to be your helper. And what do you, how do you know that that, that that's going to be right? Well, most likely he's going to bring someone into your life that also has a right standing and and understanding and an identity that is rooted in their creator creator as well. And they're looking for a helper. That's first and foremost. Obviously they're going to be physically attracted, attractive to you. I mean, yes, the, what's inside matters most, but I mean, let's be honest. I, you have to be physically attractive as well. And actually the Bible supports that as well. And we'll get into we're going to get into some of those scriptures. The Bible even gets deeply rooted in that as well is that, you know, your spouse has features on there that are meant to be pleasurable to the other. Unfortunately, while we're in this, this single mindedness and we're trying to find a partner, especially in today's society, we are using those features to be pleasurable to everybody else. And because we didn't have the right value and we did not see ourselves the way that God sees us. I mean, that's the reason why, you know, the porn industry is, is brings in billions and billions of dollars. It's one of the biggest business interest. One of the biggest business industries, um, not only in, uh, in, in the U S but just globally. And it's, and it's derived from a lot of people that just do not understand their value and their worth. I, you know, I'm getting a little off topic on that one a little bit, but the bottom line is, is, is you have to know your value and your self-worth and how you are seen uh, according to God. You cannot 
properly properly put a tag, a price tag or a worth on that unless you see yourself for how God sees you. And and then you'll be ready for a helper. Now, if you're listening to this and you've already committed to a marriage, you you may be asking, "Well, how am I supposed to get better at being single? I'm already married." First, just Let's make sure that, that there is no misunderstanding here. I'm not saying to leave your spouse. I'm not advocating for that. But you can fix this issue right in front of you. Um, and, and it needs to start with your foundation. And how does God value you? Know, how does God value you and see you? And, and once you have, if you're, if you're one of those that you didn't get this right, and maybe your marriage is all kind of out of whack, and you're having some issues... We can, we can help resolve some of these issues now, and we're going to walk through it. But the first step is, is that you have to get a firm foundation and a f- firm understanding for how God sees you and start valuing your way in that way. Then from there, number two, only then can you set the correct boundaries that you need to have within your relationship. Now, will there be missteps along the way from the other, the other spouse? Most likely, probably yes. Um, I look. I, I'll, I'll tell you. You know, me and Rachel, we when we first met, I do firmly believe that God brought us together at just the the, the perfect timing, and I think that He definitely saw um, two individuals that desperately um, could be good. Could good could be good partners for one another and could fulfill his purpose. I mean, the way that we met was just so kind of by chance. And, uh, honestly, we were kind of in each other's outside circles. We, we had the opportunity to meet earlier in our lives. And, and I think that God recognized that's not going to be the right time for them to meet. And so the way we met, I mean, we grew up an hour apart and in, in Ohio and we met in a war zone in Iraq, both as broken down individuals. So I do think that it was that there was a divine hand in it. However, what I will tell you is, is that when we first met, we did not have our identities firmly rooted in Christ. I did believe I was a man, a man of God. I didn't. I did understand God. I did understand some of His Word. Uh, Rachel, I think, had a, a, a loose identity in that as well. Um, but that's something that we have we've grown together to f- to form those identities, both individually, um, kind of on our own. We've 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 walked together with Christ, but we've also walked individually with Christ and, and had our own relationship. All that to say, when we first met, we, because of our bad, our, our bad past experiences, we didn't have, we didn't have the, the correct value that, that, that we needed. And because of that, we didn't have the correct boundaries, uh, on our life. Like we didn't, we didn't set the correct boundaries. And as our identities continued to grow, then we started trying to interject boundaries. And let me tell you, it is frustrating. It was so frustrating. I would set some boundaries. 
Rachel, Rachel may cross those boundaries at times because now I'm introducing something new into the relationship and vice versa. I'm telling you, Rachel, it would set some boundaries and say, Hey, look, this is not acceptable. I, 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 you know, this is not going to be acceptable. And, and I cross those boundaries too, because it's, it's something that, that wasn't, it was acceptable before, uh, in a sense, but now, now it's like you're saying, Hey, look, this is unacceptable. And now it's, it's something new I got to get used to. So it's very frustrating. All of that to say, you can still do it, but you got to have grace for your other partner as well. Um, because missteps happen because life's messy. And that's just, those are things that happen, but you can set those boundaries so if you're in a if you're in a, in a in a marriage, I won't say a committed relationship, but if you are in a marriage, you have already made that promise before God, and you made that vow that you should not break because you've made it before God. Then you you and your spouse need to get on the same page and start rooting your identities in your Creator and in Christ, and start understanding the value that you have. Now, I did say specifically that was for marriages if you are in a committed relationship and you have not made that vow and you are in a relationship where you guys have not valued each other and you have not I, I you've not valued you've not valued yourself correctly and and how god values you and therefore you haven't set the the correct boundaries Man, look, the, I'm not going to say that you should you should end that marriage unless, of course, there's just no absolute way that that person could get could come on board um, and have that that identity. But the first and foremost is you need to have that identity set with God. Now, have that that talk with your partner and tell them that, you know, hey, this is important and these are those boundaries and, and, and this is this is what I'm doing. You know, some people just get so wrapped up in, hey, we've been together so long and I don't want this to end. Well, I'll tell you, I think that either you're going to come to to agreement that, that you know, maybe this is not necessarily uh, a relationship that I need to be in and maybe you'll end it. Maybe God will end that for you because if you start getting an, I, I, that your identity correct and you and you tell your, your significant other, that person you're in a relationship with, like, hey. Um, we, we can't have premarital sex anymore because now my identity is rooted in Christ and, and that that's not something that he desires for me. And, uh, you know, I want to now save this for who save this for my spouse. Either they're going to respect that boundary or they're not. And if they're not going to respect that boundary, well, they may just say, Hey, look, this is not going to work for me. And you have to be okay with it. That's the other thing. You have to be okay with that and let and let that one go because they they don't value you the way that God values you. If you're going to set a healthy boundary and it's one rooted in Christ and they can't respect that, then that's not the person for you. You you would be what they call unequally yoked. And what that means is just you you are joining yourselves together unequally. And that is uh, a prime recipe for disaster when you go into a marriage, when you were unequally yoked. So 
that would be my challenge to you. If you're if you're listening to this and you were and you were not in a marriage, but maybe you were in a relationship, and you've gotten this this value thing wrong, this single being single wrong, um, you need to to reevaluate this and start getting that foundation right. And maybe that other person is willing to do the hard work and do that same amount of work that you're willing to do. Maybe they're willing to do that, and that could still be your partner. That could be the one that you enter into a vow and a covenant marriage with. And I hope that that's true. I I hope and pray that that's true. Unfortunately, I know that there's a really good chance that that's not the case. And then for those that are out there listening to this that are single. And you're just wanting that relationship like everybody else does. Well, if you want to be valued correctly, you got to get your value with God right first. And you got to learn how to love yourself correct first. And then when you get that down, then you will be ready. You will be more than ready and you will be able to be a good helper and partner for that next person that, that, that you meet that God has also prepared them correctly to be a helper and a partner to you as well. And you will find so much joy and peace and happiness within that relationship. Your life will be so, you know, if, if for anybody, regardless of the, the walk that you are on, whether you're married in a committed relationship or you are single, if you start putting these practices into place, I can confidently tell you that you will have so much peace in that area of your life once you get it on track the way that it's supposed to be. And I think that you will have a lot less stress and anxiety. And, and I think that you'll remove any kind of sadness, really, um, that, that, that you, I won't say any kind of sadness, but a lot of sadness that we feel that oftentimes is derived from a relationship. And then as far as your kids go, and I'll only touch on this for just a second, as far as your kids go, think of the important principles and lessons you will be teaching your kids whether you have kids now or you don't have kids but you will have kids in the future you will be teaching them such a valuable lesson imagine if you know your kids can learn this what you didn't learn you you can you have the opportunity to teach your kids how to correctly have a have how to have a correct value and identity first and then Everything builds off and around that. Man, it's so awesome. I mean, think about that. What, whatever you're willing to accept, you're teaching your kids to accept as well. And I can, I can guarantee you some of the things that we allow and accept into our lives, there is no way we would allow and accept it in our child's lives. So if we wouldn't allow it in their lives, why do you make excuses for and think that it is okay that we accept it for ourselves. It's something to really think about and sit with. And that's what I challenge you this week. Think of how you love yourself. Think of how, you know, how, how do you have that correct? Do you have your identity rooted in Christ? And if not, regardless of the, the walk that you're on, you got to get that right and start getting it right now. And start making that choice this week as you as you go about the rest of your week. Whatever hard decisions need to be made, you need to start making them. Start setting the correct boundaries 
based off of your relationship with Jesus. And that's what I'm going to leave you with this week. Next week, again, like I said, I hope to have Rachel on this show. (laughs) Oh, man, I really want her on this show. And we will continue to talk about this relationship. We're going to talk about marriage. We, I, we, I think we may even have our boys on because I want you to, to understand. Um, actually, I don't know that we'll have it next week. I think I'm going to have a bonus episode that'll, that'll roll out where we're, where, where, I'm sorry, I can't even talk today, where we will talk about and have our kids talk about how they see themselves and, and, and what they think of relationships, what they think of you know, what they see between, what they learn between the interactions that me and Rachel have. Um, because I think it's, we can learn a lot from uh, what the innocence of a child is willing to uh, let out, you know, when they speak. And so I do think that I'll, I'll, I'll put together a bonus episode that, I, that I'll release out and I'll let y'all know, probably put it out on the social media and, and just let y'all know. Um, know that. So we're going to really dive into marriage and, and, and just me and Rachel, I think we'll just have a, just have a conversation on marriage, the importance of God in the center of the marriage, but do your homework this week, get start getting your identity rooted in, in, in Christ and start valuing yourself and start setting the, the, the boundaries, just like God set boundaries with us right from the very beginning. And While you work on that, I hope you have a very, very blessed rest of your week. I love you all. Thank you for tuning in. And I'll uh, talk to you guys again next week. God bless. Thank you for tuning in to the podcast today. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode and found it informative. If you liked what you heard, please take a moment to leave a five-star rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. Your feedback is invaluable in helping improve the show and reach a wider audience. And also, don't forget to download and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. And if you think that this would be a blessing to anyone else, please share us on your favorite social media. Thank you again, and we'll see you next week.